0: You are listening to the Reality Steve Podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind-the-scenes juice on Rachel and Gabby's upcoming season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number two. 90. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Great show for you this week. We've got Edgar De Santiago from Temptation Island on the podcast this week. Two weeks ago, we spoke with his ex girlfriend, who he went on the show with, Jillian. Uh, last week, as you know, we spoke to Mark Wahlberg from Temptation Island, and I wanted to get Edgar on because we we did spend a lot of time talking about Edgar the last couple podcasts. So I wanted to get hit him on and get his side of the story on things that went down in Hawaii. We'll get to that. Momentarily, I wanted to start off with a couple things here. First off, the party this past weekend in Las Vegas, uh, my sixth annual fan appreciation party. I want to thank everybody who came out. It was a lot of fun. Basically, the Joe Millionaire cast stole the show, which was great. Amanda, Annie, Jenny, Martin, everyone that was there had a great time talking to them. Uh, Martin, I got a chance to speak to him on, on multiple occasions there. What a great guy. Uh, I just really, I'm so glad he reached out to me and just asked if he could come and to see him there, I had a drink with him afterwards, really great guy. And I just am so glad that everybody from Jim Millionaire came, Amanda, Annie, Jenny. So fun to meet them, hang out with them. And I know that the people that were there, if you're listening, a lot of people got to talk to Amanda and Annie and Jenny. And I know everyone seemed to enjoy them a lot. So it was a great time, a lot of fun. I don't know the exact date of next year's party, but I'm guessing it'll be the first Friday in June again. Haven't looked at a calendar, haven't booked anything yet, but uh, we are a ways away. Just remember, it is first come, first serve if you want in now and you want to get on the list early and just say, hey, count me in, it doesn't guarantee you anything right now because it all comes down to when you book stuff, but I can definitely put you on an early list of someone that is interested in coming. So if you can just email me at steve at realitysteve.com and we can go from there. I think that um it's just a it's a lot of fun, like I say, I put it on every year just for listeners, readers, As a thank you for all the support throughout the years. And we had a raffle, gave out some money, gave out a couple gift cards. Just a good time all around. I hope everyone enjoyed themselves. I know I did. So it was good to see everybody. And we'll do it again next year. Now, moving on to Bachelor-related stuff. As you know, a couple days ago, Jesse Palmer, the host of Bachelor in Paradise, went on TikTok to do the quote-unquote official cast list as we know every season now the facebook page for the bachelor bachelorette does an early release of potential contestants on the show it's always between 30 or 35 and then two or three get cut back in march they released 35 men on the bachelorette facebook page and when jesse went over the cast list 32 men were on it, so we were able to determine that Nick Gill, Coy Schneider, and who was the other one? Um, I'm blanking, but uh, it was somebody that I told you wasn't going to be on, uh, didn't make it. So we have 32 guys on Gabby and Rachel's season. And, you know, I mean, these uh, these launches, quote-unquote, by Jesse, this is the exact same thing that Chris Harrison used to do, except Chris Harrison did it on Twitter. He did a Twitter live Jesse did it on TikTok. It's the same exact thing. All Jesse did was read the bios that were then released right after the TikTok live. So it's not like he even gave anything away. I know since we all know who the final eight are, or basically the final seven, You know, three. we all know all of Rachel's final four. and We know three of Gabby's final four. I, I, I guess I know people pay more attention to what Jesse says on those guys because we know they made it far. I don't think Jesse gave anything away. All he did was read the bios that were released the next day. Wasn't a whole hell of a lot interesting there because we saw the bios go up. It's on ABC's page. You've probably, if you follow any of the contestants, you know that they reposted it on their Instagram stories. You know, just fun facts about them and stuff like that. And I can tell you right now, those fun facts aren't even necessarily true. Literally the production team and the the publicity team for the show just makes a lot of those things up. Just know that, <laughs> you know, those aren't straight from bios that they filled out. Sometimes those things are made up. Not all, not all of them, but sometimes they write things in there that have nothing to do with what that person either have either said or ever written. So just know that. And again, with the job titles like twin and, Meatball expert or whatever. It's just its just to get a rise out of you people. It shouldn't even be discussed. Like, oh, my God, this guy's job is meatball expert. What is kind of job is that? It's like it, the fact they're even commenting on it shows that they're, what they're doing is working. No, meatball expert is not a job. But it's just something they do to get a rise out of people. Been, this is the 47th season on the air. Every single season the bios came out, come out. There's at least three to five jobs that are just stupid, and they aren't even jobs. They're just labels of things. Remember, Kelly Travis was dog lover, and people just like spend time talking about it. Like, wh- why? This we know that's not a job. These people have jobs. The show is just trying to get a rise out of you by putting stupid job titles that aren't even jobs as some people's job titles. So I wouldn't read anything into that. I'm not going to spend any time talking about what these job titles are. Um, Bachelor in Paradise. I, be- begin, I believe begins filming today. If you saw my Twitter last night, we do have an OG contestant. There's always an OG contestant, someone from three, four, five seasons back that they have on. They're just like, whoa. This year, as of right now, we know Lace Morris is on the show. If you remember Lace, she was on Ben Higgins' season, and then she went on season three of Bachelor in Paradise, got engaged to Grant. They lasted about, I think, about a year, and then they broke up. But um, picture of Lace down in Mexico, so she is certainly going to be on the show. When she's going to be on the show, I have no idea The other thing I wanted to talk about, like we know that there are people down in Mexico. I'm sure you've seen any contestants that have posted stuff or or gone quiet on Instagram that are down in Mexico. Even if you are down in Mexico before the show starts, I can tell you there have been contestants that were flown out for the beginning of filming and didn't get on the show for two weeks. There's also been contestants that were flown out for the beginning of filming that never even made it on the show. So. Just because someone is down in Mexico, until they walk down the steps, they are not cast. Yes, you're going to get... We pretty much know who most of this cast is going to be. It's going to be the top three or four guys from Katie's season that weren't on last season. Justin Glaze is down there. Andrew is down there. Michael Alio is going to be on the show at some point. Those three are definitely going to be on the show. Then you've got Michelle's men. So many of them will be on the show. Then you've got... Clayton's women. They're going to make up a majority of the women on this season. And then you've got Gabby and Rachel's men. There's going to be probably six to eight of those guys that are going to be on the show as well. So you just don't know when people are showing up. If you see people on Instagram right now and posting Instagram stories, that doesn't mean they're not on Paradise this season or they're never going to be on it. They just might be leaving in a few more days or they might be leaving in a week or they might be leaving in two weeks. You just never know. So. Keep that in mind. Obviously, any more pictures I get from in Mexico, I will post them. Hopefully, some dates will get out. If not, then I just hope to hear stuff eventually at some point. But that's pretty much where we're at with Bachelor in Paradise. It starts, I believe, filming today. If it did, if it didn't, if it's not today, then it was it started yesterday. But I don't think it started yesterday. Uh, I believe it starts today. So should go the rest of. Um, the month goes till I believe the 28th, and then you know it'll be over by the time Bachelorette even starts airing, which starts um, July 11th. So that's your Bachelor and Bachelorette update. Nothing new in terms of Gabby and Rachel's season. Uh, anything I hear, I will pass along when I hear it. But before we get started, a couple sponsors for you. I talked to you about Dame products. Like I said, when you think of Reality Steve, you think of vibrators now. I mean, this is just Dame Products is my brand. <laughs> Check out the Palm, the flexible, versatile vibrator from Dame Products with its friendly shape, touchable texture, and super bendy design that offers broad and targeted stimulation. Palm is great for beginners. It's also waterproof. features five intensities and five vibration patterns so you can explore what works for you. And the best part is... Dame offers hassle-free returns within 60 days, so your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. Power up your pleasure with Palm or any of the other toys from Dame Products. Go to dameproductscom realitysteve today for 15% off site-wide. That's DameProducts. D A M e products.com/realitysteve today for 15% off site-wide. The other sponsor I want to talk about, and it's actually relevant for today's podcast, is Better Help. You know, there is a stigma attached to therapy, and there shouldn't be. You should just talk to people. You can schedule it whenever you want. you got to remember, when you talk about therapy, like I said, there's this negative stigma attached to it, and you'll hear me talk about it with Edgar later on in the podcast. Edgar goes to therapy, and he said it's been so helpful for him. But, you know, there's so many things involved with therapy You know, especially in the last couple of years, there's been a lot of heaviness in this world, whether it's the pandemic, whether it's the shootings, just some people just aren't in a good place. You know, are you you working too much? You're not taking time for yourself. Have you ever ever felt burned out on anything? What, What did it feel like to you? Things can get overwhelming. Life has definitely been overwhelming these last couple of years. And symptoms of feeling overwhelmed can be lack of motivation, irritability, fatigue, more, we associate burnout with work, but that's not the only cause. And Any of our roles in life can lead to us feel burning out, burned out. BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself. Talking with someone can help you figure out what's causing stress in your life. Just listen to today's podcast. Edgar, very open about the fact that he is in therapy and it's been so helpful to him. Since the show, he even was in therapy before he ever went on the show. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners, Reality Steve listeners, you get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com. Slash reality Steve. That's betterhelp h e l p dot com slash reality Steve. But now that our sponsors are out of the way, I hope you enjoy them. Go to Dame Products, go to betterhelp.com, both backslash reality Steve, and it helps the podcast. It really does. So without any further ado, let's get going with podcast number two ninety. All right, let's bring him in. Uh, you saw him on this season of Temptation Island. He came onto the island as a couple with Jillian. It is Edgar de Santiago. Edgar, how are you doing?
0: Hey, how's it going, man? I'm doing well. How about yourself?
1: Good. I wanted to jump right in with you because you know we've had Jillian on, I had Tommy on, and I, I did want to talk about your relationship and get your and, and get your side of things. I don't think when Jillian was on, there was anything really. Super negative that was ever said. It was a lot of introspection about your relationship, which um, I think of the four couples this season, I felt that you guys had probably the most—I'm trying to think of the correct word to use for it, but I can't even think of it right now. So we'll just kind of jump into it from the beginning because— there seem, I think I know what you mean, man. Yeah, there seemed to yeah. be there seemed to be something with you guys in terms of. Obviously, you weren't forced to go on this show. Obviously, you have to make a decision together as a couple to do it. But seemingly, right. based on the things that we saw in your confessionals of you know Jillian, why did you bring me here? Um, talk about how it the talks that you guys had pre-show about wanting to do this show. Were you familiar with it? Had you gotten caught up on previous seasons so you knew what you were getting into? Or did you just kind of go into it with, like, seems fun, we'll get to go to Hawaii for a month, and, you know, whatever happens, happens?
0: Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, on Jillian's end, she probably watched every single episode in every season. Um, I was probably a, kind of a mix of both. Um, I had seen two of the seasons, um, and... Uh, I just based it off of that and I was like, sure, you know, why not? Like let's let's go for it. What what do you have to lose, you know? Um Well well other than that, your
1: have- other than your relationship. <laughs> 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 yeah, you did have that at, at stake. <laughs> what do you
0: have to lose? Right.
1: Yeah.
0: Exactly. Well, you know, I mean so I basically like I knew of Temptation Island, but I did not realize what I was getting myself into.
1: When you say that, did you do you mean just like I mean, you obviously knew the, the premise where you were not going to see her for a month and you were going to be spending all your time with a bunch of single women who are there to yeah. basically court you. But when you say, I did not know what I was getting into, what do you mean by that?
0: Well, you know, I didn't realize how much, like, um, how much focus there would be placed on, like, our relationships every single time we interact with one of the singles and how much like focus is placed on us and how it's not that it's like people demand answers from you in those situations but it's like you know whenever you get to the clips of the bonfires and like news from that and you go back to the villa and you talk it out you know with the producers and OTFs or with the women in the house. And it's like, once you start those conversations, you're demanded to kind of like make, come up with answers, like right then and there. And of course, like you can always change your mind, you know, in terms of like what you think about something, but the environment kind of makes it to where you kind of just go with an assumption of what you saw, you know, and it's hard to, Not to get carried away, but like, oh, like this, this, and that. Because you don't know the full story of what you're seeing. But the environment makes it to where, like, that's enough for you to make some kind of assumption.
1: So I think with you, in the beginning, and, you know, knowing this is your, you know, kind of mindset going into this thing, I was curious, Mm -hmm. just, you know, watching the show and this is the fourth season I've covered it and I've spoken to pretty much, I think all the couples at some point, either it was while it was airing or post-show. And I look at you guys and I always look back on that first day of when you arrive, you meet Mark, you guys got to talk in front of the other couples about what your issues are and in, in your relationship. And then you get that final talk to each other. And, you know, if people were just to watch the first episode, you'd think, "Oh my god, these couples are never breaking up." Look at how much they love each other and look at all these things they're saying to each other like, and you guys were no different. You and Jillian were were emotional, you know, it was like, "I love you forever." You know, I don't know the exact wording, but it was very very like, wow, these two are really into each other. And then things start, and I'm like, "Do they not remember what they said to each other pre-show and 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 whatever?" And look, it, it might just be Probably because I'm guessing, I could be wrong, but I'm guessing since you and Jillian have been together, you probably never spent one month apart where you could never contact her and vice versa. So maybe that part brings up the emotions of, wow, I I can't believe I'm going to be away from you like I never have before ever. Or both of us have never been away from each other for this long. I'm guessing, did that play a role in it in how emotional you guys got before you were split up?
0: I think it definitely played a role because like we, I mean, we, we had spent like what at most a month and a half away from each other, I think before for like summer vacation and stuff. And, And we were still in contact every day, you know, via text message and calls. Yeah. But I think really just having that full separation from each other really just like changed changed the way to approach things i mean i was kind of left at like i don't know what to do you know i think that like the first two weeks i was super scared and um i was kind of like regretting my decision of even going on the show because i was like i just want you know i just want to be around jimmy like i I just want to talk to her like this this and that um but then you get caught up in the island and you know like forget that you know yeah you haven't talked to them in a really long time And that definitely changes the game.
1: And I think, you know, what I brought up with Jillian and I brought it up with Tommy, and I'll bring it, and I brought it up with Mark. And so I, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is because I've said this to all of them. And so I wanted to say it to you personally. Because when I said it, I, um, you know, like I said, I don't want to dismiss your feelings, but I think when most people watched the first bonfire for you guys. And saw the way you took what Jillian said about the promise ring, people were just like, that seems to be he's taking it too far. But we don't want to dismiss your feelings because that's the way you felt. And it's exactly what Mark said. Like, look, maybe you and I look at it differently and maybe we maybe you and I can sit here at home thinking that Edgar overreacted to what she said because it seemed to be more of a throwaway comment than, oh, my God, I'm just dumping my promise ring in the ocean or whatever. But that's how he. Felt, and that's how he took the clip. So we got to take it at face value. When you watched it back, or when you saw the episode, or anything, did anything change in you? Like maybe I shouldn't have gone that way, or do you still feel what she said was something that really hurt you to your core? Because it obviously affected you for the next few days on that island, if not a week or so.
0: Yeah. So watching the clip, it def- she definitely like strung a chord that really reached into my core um, that, you know, kind of just made me question things because it was new information I'd never heard from her. But also looking back, I definitely overreacted. Um, I think I jumped immediately to conclusions and assumptions, you know, listening to those words, listening to those words from her um, when I, when I could have and should have just kind of, you know, taken it for, face value, not made too many questions and thoughts on it. Because honestly, that first bonfire kind of made me derail in the sense of like, I was questioning like everything, yeah. from our relationship. And like, you know, it just sent me down an entire spiral of like, you know, Oh, is this real? Or was this fake? Or like, you know, is this actually something that mattered? Or did it not matter? Um, so once I was down that spiral, I w- I just went down the spiral. And looking back, I should never have. I uh, definitely overreacted.
1: So it's, so it's almost like you kind of got fooled by the clip because the clip ended at a, p- a certain point where it it gave you those thoughts. When if you like, you said you look at it overall, and I don't think there was anything malicious behind it on her end. Uh, right. It was just more of just kind of a I don't know. Maybe I'll just. Maybe I'll take the promise ring off. But she never did. She kept it on the whole time. And it, But in your mind, based on the clip that was shown to you, did you think that she had taken it off and was not wearing it the whole time on the other side of the island?
0: That's what gets me, man. Like, yeah. Yeah, I def- okay. I, <laughs> I thought I – either thought – well, I, I wasn't sure as to whether or not she – I thought maybe she took it off or it was like, you know, I'm going to wear this, but it doesn't really mean anything hmm. was what kind of what I went to. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I messed myself up on that one. Great. So okay, well, so And,
1: and yep. we and we saw. I mean, you were you were super emotional right off the bat, and um, it continued for you know I don't know how many days out there. But you said you were pretty much messed up by it, and then you know Marissa is someone that was there as a single for you that you connected with the most, I would think. Um, I'm sure there were other women that you spoke to, but for whatever reason, it was Marissa. That was the one that was there for you. And you kind of, she seemed to be your sounding board, uh, on all your Jillian issues right away.
0: Yeah, she definitely was, um, Marissa and I just hit it off, hit it off right off, right off the bat. Um, I wasn't, you know, beginning the experience, I did not know that she would play such a big role. um, I just knew that, you know, it's like, okay, this is a person who's friendly, who's also obviously a little anxious and scared about the experience, but, like, super cool. Um, But as time progressed, yeah, we became really close friends, and so it just felt really easy to, like, talk about everything that was going on in my mind and, like, from the clips with her.
1: They showed, obviously, a lot with you, with Marissa. Was there anyone else that you talked to a lot that maybe they didn't show because you ended up going on pretty much all your dates with Marissa, so they are like, well, we don't need to... You know, we've only got 40 minutes per week to show, and we got eight couples to show who they're connecting with. Was there anyone else maybe even before Marissa or while you were talking to Marissa that you also confided in a lot, or was it pretty much Marissa the whole time?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, a few of the women. Um, I know Trace right off the bat after the first bonfire was the first person that, that I talked to, and um, she's also somebody that I would, you know, confer with every once in a while. She and Lasalle's had their own thing going on, so, you know, she wasn't my go-to person to talk to, but at the beginning of the experience, uh, I had several conversations with her. I had several conversations with Emily. She, Emily is absolutely amazing. She was just super sweet and so wise. Um, right off the bat, she asked me like very you know introspective questions that I had not considered before you know going on the Temptation Island. so she gave me a lot of food for thought as well. just she was an overall amazing human being. And I actually went on a my second date. I went on with Megan.
1: That's right. And
0: that's she right. And, Yeah. She and I had amazing conversations about love and like about, you know, uh, family and how that affects our, you know, our relationships and our perspectives and interpretations of love and relationships. Um, so I had really amazing conversations with her and really hit it off with her as well in that regard.
1: So with, Mer- with, um, with Jillian and in your relationship we you know we find out through the course of the season that there was you know cheating on your part uh and i think that she might have i think she did as well almost in retaliation and this was i think about a year into your three year relationship to where um this happened and obviously it became a, a sticking point of stuff that was always talked about and brought up that um that this affected your relationship, or maybe you guys didn't talk about it enough, and it was it was eating away at your relationship without it being brought to the forefront. Um, yeah, you don't need to go into detail about what happened and when. We know it happened. It was uh, you've admitted to it. You've owned you've owned up to it. But do you think that ultimately was something that was a deeper seated issue that you guys thought you were past, but you really weren't?
0: most definitely um you know like you said after it happened we had so many conversations you know there were several points of like you know should we just and the relationship like you know can we go on from this but there was determination and hope from both of us that we could get past it and uh you know yeah i fucked up but i owned up to it and i was trying to make it up to her like yeah you know every day and, and and to ensure that you know That It it was, it was, it does not affect the amount of love that I have for her. Um, And she tried, but I think it's just, man, when you cheat on someone, it just, it's really hard to go back from breaking somebody's trust.
1: Yeah. No, Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a very difficult thing because you could be the greatest guy and just go out of your way to bend over backwards for her or any guy in that situation. But it's always in the back of their head that he did this to me once. How do I know he's not going to do this to me again? And you just don't know. And like I said, you could be the, you could just tell her all the things that she wants to hear, do all the things that she wants you to do. And it still might not be good enough because of that one major trust that, that was broken. And I don't know, did she during your relationship after that, the two years after that, before you go on the show, did it get to a point where you felt like there's, I feel like I'm doing all I can, but she still doesn't trust me? Or did you do all those things and try and be a better person and obviously not cheat again, but it just was the underlying thing you felt you didn't know if she believed you or not?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there were a few times where it was like, you know, I had been trying to do my best and she would express to me, you know, even though... We weren't having any problems she would express that you know i i don't trust you and that you know that it's still weighing on her mind and she's unsure you know so like there were definitely a few times where she expressed that she still didn't trust me and that it was really hard to you know continue especially when we were apart um so in those moments i just I just I I mean, I I loved her so much. I did not want to fold. I was like, if you are willing to work with me, you know, I'm willing to, to stay, stand by her side until we can rebuild that trust. But I think deep down that trust was just it was we would try to rebuild it, but then like it would shake and then we rebuild and it would shake and it's just kind of back and forth.
1: Yeah. Do you think that Jillian brought you on the show as a way to break up with you?
0: You know, I don't think so. Okay. I know, like, people can infer that and, like, watching the show, like, I wouldn't. If I didn't know, I would infer it myself. But she and I had actually talked about, you know, because we'd graduated in May and I went to Florida with her for a few weeks to kind of celebrate and hang out and I was about to leave and we were having a conversation every once in a while that, Oh, what are we going to do? Because, you know, we're both pretty mature for the most part and knew that once graduation hit, it was time to make a decision of like, you know, do we want to continue this relationship into our adulthood or is this something that just stays in college? So we went back and forth on that. And right before we even found out about temptation Island, we were thinking about going like, you know, on a break or an open relationship. So it never really was like a plan to break up with me, you know, like that, because that's a conversation we had so many times
1: before. So once things started getting rolling and maybe you kind of got over that first bonfire, you obviously start to develop a relationship with Marissa. And clearly you guys got closer and closer. And obviously the biggest thing, you know, to happen this season, at least that was shown on camera, was, you know, obviously we know that you and, and Marissa had sex. Yeah. And, and that and it ended up being, like, obviously a, a big thing, the reaction from Jillian when she saw it at the bonfire, which you obviously knew that she was going to see it. So I guess the biggest question is you guys had your plans pre-show of, hey, you can you can kiss. I think you guys had made a – pact of maybe, you know, not sleep in the same bed, but definitely no sex. So when I discussed it with Jillian, I even discussed it with Mark, and, you know, we talked about, well, you can make all the pre-show plans that you want, but once you're in this thing, those are all fine and dandy, but it doesn't, it really doesn't mean much when you make pre-show packs of what we can and can't do. And so my question to you, I guess, is twofold. Number one, why in your mind did you feel that you could break this pre-show pack that you had with Jillian and two was part, was it done in part because of what you were seeing and feeling that from the bonfire clips you were seeing that you just thought your relationship was like she had moved on. Did that play a role in why you chose to move forward with Marissa? I mean, watching what well,
0: having watched like kind of, almost every bonfire that, you know, it seemed like Jillian was, had made up her mind and was probably out of the relationship. Hmm. It did give me, you know, moments where I was like, okay, well, if she is exited the relationship, if she has exited the relationship, then it's like, why hold myself back from fully, you know, opening myself to this experience? Because, like, I had been kind of walking on eggshells for the most part um, until, I'd say, about week three. Because I just, I mean, I, I, I didn't know what to believe. I was so confused and lost that, I, you know, I knew that if I actually, like, allowed myself to fully connect with anyone, then it'd be, like, still from that very confused place in my mind, and my heart. Um, but having, seeing her kind of like exit the relationship, it did, I did come to a moment where I was like, okay, you know, it seems as if though she's releasing me, then I release her. And, you know, like I'm going to open myself to this experience and see whatever happens from that. Um, but also, yeah, man, Mark, I mean, Mark said it too, at the beginning, He was like, you know, you can make all the rules you want, before you go onto the island but once you're on the island it's a it's a complete different story and he was completely right i mean it's like you don't know what's gonna hurt you until you see it yeah and you feel it and yet it may be something that you didn't even think would hurt you but for some reason it just it feels like thorns are being pressed against your chest you know um so yeah the kiss was so we said you know kissing would be fine right um but obviously that still has an effect and like the comfort that someone can develop in terms of body language also plays a role in terms of like you know how comfortable are they with this person how open are they with this person you know it's like oh they were only that comfortable and open with me or like you know certain things where it's like there are things you don't account for and so once you come to like questions of like can you have sex can you kiss can you do this it's like you know it's hard to make rules. And I think we made that rule still very uninformed of how this experience would be and what toll it would take on each of us individually. Um Yeah.
1: D you obviously like you said, you saw you saw the clips and you by by the things that you were seeing and you were hearing come out of Jillian's mouth, you had to assume that she had checked out and you know, immersed herself in, in Tommy or whatever the case may be. However, did you, without seeing a clip, did you assume that she and Tommy had had sex and did that play a role in why you also chose? Or did you never go there in your mind of, well, it doesn't no. matter if she did or didn't. I don't, it, she seems no. to be checked out yeah. anyway.
0: It wasn't, a, it wasn't like, it wasn't about, did she have sex or did she not have sex? Like I didn't, it wasn't like, oh, I'm, like, I'm going to have sex to get back at her, you know. Okay. Um, it definitely was not that kind of situation. It was much more of like if she's checked out and if she's opening herself to this experience, and you know, I maybe I should open myself to this experience. Not to say that that was going to lead to sex, but it was just like stop having your walls up, you know. Yeah. Like for me, that's something I was telling myself. Um, because up until then, I definitely had a lot of walls up.
1: I can't remember who went first at the final bonfire in terms of their decision. Who was it? Was it you or Jillian? It was me. You. Okay. So you said um you wanted to leave solo. Leave alone. You leave yeah. leave alone and then Jillian agreed. Do you think if you would have Yeah, you know, I it seems like, you know, mentally you were checked out of that relationship, but if, for whatever reason, you were just like, you know what, I do want to try with Jillian and, and stay together. Do you think she would have said yes?
0: Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't.
1: I should have asked her that. Now that I think about it, yeah. <laughs> I should have asked because <laughs> I just thought of that. Now for you, I was like, "Wait, if if Edgar would yeah. have said I wanted to stay together, would she have? Would she have said yeah?" And, and I don't know. if, I mean, shit, this was back in September. I mean, you guys I, could have left together yeah. and and broken up by the time you know by by now anyway, because it's nine months ago basically. So yeah, I'm just right. I was just curious, and and
0: I I do think that um, maybe. In some universe, she would have said yes based on like having just gone through that experience together. But also, she and I are fully well aware that like we we should not be together, you know, at this point in our lives anymore. Like we're so much better off as friends. Um, because at, you know, leaving the and you leave so confused and like you get to finally look back, like okay, what did I just go through? You know, I went to a lot of therapy and talked it out with my therapist. And, like, there was a lot for me to deal with that I had to do on my own. So, like, even if she would have said, hey, let's get back together, let's leave together, you know, I don't think it would have been the healthiest choice for either of us, having just gone through that experience. Yeah. Um, Because we had trust issues to begin with, and then this just brought forth a whole new kind of, you know, dilemma. Um
1: so yeah. So you leave solo or decide you your your decision is I'm going to leave solo and then Mark kind of talks to you and you they have Marissa waiting aside and you decide to leave with Marissa. What was what brought about the change in your mind from going solo, leaving the uh, leaving Hawaii solo to yeah, maybe I will try things out with Marissa.
0: Yeah, so they left out probably like, I don't know if it was just felt like this, because I was there was so much going through my head, but it felt like 10 to 15 minutes of like, Mark and I going back and forth of like, you know, he would ask me, do you want to leave solo? was Like, are you sure? Like, I had made my mind up that I wanted to leave solo because I knew that I was not in a healthy position to leave in a relationship of any kind um, with anybody else. Um And, like, it's this state of, like, constant confusion that I found myself in again once they, like, kept asking me the question, like, are you sure you want to leave solo? Are you sure you want to leave solo? And this is something, you know, Marissa and I had talked about, would we leave the island together? Would we leave alone? And we had talked about that, you know, I, for the, the best interest of my, you know, mental health and ability to be a good partner. That we would leave solo because I need time to process everything, um, but not to—we didn't want it to dismiss the fact that we, you know, made a genuine connection together, you know, whether that be as a relationship or as really good friends. Um, so once we got to the, once I got to the point of like, do you know, do you want to leave solo? Do you do you want to leave alone? Um, we had that conversation of like, we definitely want to continue this friendship even if it's not a relationship right now because I'm not in the best state for that. So, I kind of based myself off of that, you know I remember that that conversation that we had you know she was a really amazing friend to me during that time, and you know I didn't want me leaving solo to dismiss the relationship and connection that I had built with her during my time on the island but it was a very long and confusing final bonfire
1: yeah so when you left the island, you got you. You, you left, quote-unquote, with Marissa as a couple, but as we saw on the reunion show, it didn't seem like there was anything more than talking between you two post-show. Did you ever, or maybe you did, did you, did you see Marissa post-show physically in person?
0: I did not, man. Okay. Like I said, I, I needed to take some time to do some work on myself. Yeah. Um, and I, I, had, I had told her that, too, um, because I tried to keep in contact We would keep in contact every once in a while, check in with each other, say hi, FaceTimes. Um, But for the most part, I, I kept to myself. I kept to myself and my immediate family because it just, it was a lot to process and I needed that time to just debrief and be a human again.
1: Just out of curiosity, did you use also any of that time? Did you keep in touch with the guys, with Hanya and or, or or Luke? Were they sounding boards for you, or no?
0: Um, we would also check in every once in a while, but I think for me, I just needed a break from like everybody involved in the situation. Mm. Um, yeah, so I I did not. I mean, I was checking every once in a while, but for the most part, I did not contact anyone from
1: the show I remember when Jillian was on she did say that you know once you guys got back to Florida after filming ended you guys had like a really and I think you guys said this on the reunion show you had a really long talk like five hours or something crazy where you guys just put it all out on the table and you talked about everything it was it in that conversation where you realized yeah it's probably best that we don't even try and start anything up again and we're probably better off as friends than in a relationship Was that the convo that kind of drilled it home?
0: Yeah, man. Because, I mean, you know, like I said, I was pretty confused leaving the island, but having that conversation, there's a lot here that um, is complicated and would take a lot of work, you know? And that's outside of the individual, like, complicated work that, to do for ourselves. So after that conversation, I was like, yeah, we need, we need to experience, live our lives. Um, you know, cause we we're great friends and we have so much love for each other, but it's at least right now in, in in our our lives, it's, it's definitely, um, not a relationship would not be a good idea.
1: Well, I think it, I mean, I obviously people are sad when people break up and breakups, they suck and they, they probably suck a thousand times over when they happen on a nationally televised dating show. But I think it's really cool that you guys have both been pretty, you know, there hasn't been shots taken at each other. She didn't take any shots at you. You didn't take any shots at her. You're, even though you guys are young and this is a, you know, an early life relationship between you two, you got so much a uh, life ahead of you guys that you're able to be like, you know what? It just, we're better off as friends versus, you know, there have been some couples that have broken up on the show and it became world war three afterwards, whether it was, you know, social media sniping or podcast interviews where the other one's taking shots of the other one. Like you guys have both been in great and, you know, it sucks that you guys didn't work out, but both of you have been, it's cool to see that you guys can remain friends and at least still have that love for each other because that's always been a pet peeve of mine is that people that were together, for a long time, and we're a couple, and then they break up, and then some somebody in the party will say, "I can't believe I ever dated that person or loved that person," and just do a complete one eighty because you're not with them anymore. Yeah, man, it sucks because you can't. You're only saying that out of hurt, and it's really usually not true. Um, you spend a significant amount of time with this person. This person was probably part of your daily life and your daily routine. Then to just dismiss it at because of a breakup just seems really. Shitty and and I appreciate the fact that you guys haven't done that to each other.
0: I agree with you there, man. That's something I really don't understand because I mean well I do because it's like people make those decisions based off of pain, you know and, and that they hold on to pain, and like I've never been the kind of person to hold on to pain ever in my life because it just it just it just complicates things, and there's no reason to complicate anything because it takes more energy to be mad at someone than to let go of someone. You know what I mean? Like in the long run. Yeah. And we, I mean, that's something that we, you know, cause Jillian and I had, you know, we're young, but like, we always like knew that we could take this adult perspective of like, all right, this is our first love and everything, but it's like, we're pretty, we tend to be pretty realistic in terms of like what we want for like the rest of our lives. And like, you know, the work that we need to do, we're both pretty driven individuals. So we had so many conversations of like, okay, you know, are we going to continue this relationship afterwards? Will we just stay friends? We could always just stay friends. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Because we have so much love and respect for each other. She was a part of my life for three years every day. And I learned so much from her, with her, um, and grew in so many different ways and changed, you know, as one does. But it's like she was a big part of my last three years at college and i mean as you know i'm young right now but like those were some of my most uh life-changing years and she was nothing but sunshine in on those memories like we had you know we had our arguments and everything and you know we had our problems obviously but like the good will always outweigh the bad and yeah. so i will never have anything but love for her you know
1: Well, that's cool. That's cool to hear you say. Is that is that where you guys met in college?
0: Yeah, yeah, we met in college.
1: Same. You guys went to the same college, or or colleges close to each other, and you guys did that. So
0: we were in the same theater program. Um, I had just started as an acting major, and she was a musical theater major. So we had some classes that would mix. We were like acquaintances. Um. So we had friends that were friends, you know, but we never like really took interest in each other like that. I think we even did a show together. Um, but, you know, nothing ever really happened. But at the beginning of sophomore year, she had a little fender bender. And I don't know why. I think it's because we had we just casually just happened to hang out the day before because she had come over to see my roommate. And she had a little fender bender and she didn't, like most of her friends were out of town and so she thought of calling me and it was like she was never really someone that i like you know talked to so once i saw her call i was like okay this is maybe it's urgent you know i don't know um but after that you know we'd known each other we'd known of each other for over a year now but after that after that call we went on a sushi date and since then it was just like i just want to see her hey, I want to talk to you every day. Because um, it's like you know a person, like you think you know a person, you know, you've heard of a person, but, you, you know, once you fully get to, like, immerse yourself in them, it's it's a crazy experience.
1: That's interesting. I did not, I did not know that's how you guys started. I, I did want to kind of end with this. Um, you know, at the reunion show, which was filmed, I believe, end of February, so a good... What five months, four or five months after filming had ended, you and Jillian obviously had broken up. You guys had probably been in touch, you know, over the phone and maybe some FaceTime calls from the time filming ended in Hawaii till the time you went and filmed that reunion show. But at the reunion show, when we were watching it back as a, as a viewing audience, a lot of people, a lot of the singles, were very complimentary of you and you know you saw the reunion show they were just like oh i feel so bad for him he's such a good guy and everyone there you know seemed to like you and um was there anything in the reunion show that you felt got misconstrued or um that wasn't shown that maybe you want to make light of or was the reunion show the way things went down pretty much the way you had remembered it as
0: I mean they do so much editing right like we spent nine hours in that room yeah back to back um so there's a lot that they left out I mean like yeah they you know the general consensus from the singles was that you know they 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 thought I was a decent guy which you know I, I appreciated but it's like also I know the wrong that I did you know and I wasn't there to be like let off the hook in any way or form because, you know, I mean, there's a lot of factors that play into it, but had I, I mean, had I not been unfaithful to her, you know, a year ago, or that to be at the, at the one year, then we would have saved ourselves from a lot of problems. Um, so that's something that I always like was conscious of in the back of my mind, you know, and making sure I take ownership of that and, and not, you know, not letting it happen again, because it's just... It's 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 a crazy fucked up thing, um. But I mean, they they didn't really put any of my responses in. Like they would cut it down to like a few words. Yeah. You know, I I definitely had Jillian and I had a long long conversation on that couch, um, back and forth. Um, they play it as like her speaking most of the time and trying to antagonize me, and she wasn't trying to antagonize me. I mean, she was angry and, and hurt. You know, as we. As you are in that kind of situation so maybe they made it seem like she wasn't try- trying to antagonize me but i really don't think she was you know she was just speaking out of pain and they didn't put include much of what i said but i also was just trying to be genuine and honest in all of my responses and you know be real about the situation
1: well i think that I I think it's so important, and I and I and I appreciate the fact that you opened up about this, and you and you have no problem talking about it because there's a stigma attached to therapy. And you've yeah. you know when somebody watches a show like this, and somebody sees somebody screw up, whether it's this show or any other sort of dating show, and somebody exhibits behavior that you're just like, why did I do this? You know that you know in in a year into relationship, you cheated on Jillian, but the fact that you've gone to therapy and tried to correct it, and you know maybe. I'm sure you're learning in therapy maybe why you did it and the reasons behind it and all this stuff. Um, I think, again, that's very um, noble of you to admit that and say that I'm assuming that that, that therapy has, has helped you uh, post-show and that you went and saw it. Because if you would have just done this and just been like, yeah, I'll try and change my behavior, but. You know, I think you. I think you need to dive a little bit deeper, and I'm sure you've found things out in therapy that maybe you didn't know before um, in talking to somebody. It's fair to say.
0: Oh yeah, man. I mean, I personally think everybody should be in therapy. Um, just not not even because you know it's not even you don't even have to have like life problems to go to therapy. It's just good to have a bouncing board, you know, of somebody who understands the human mind and the psychology behind it. And, you know, they won't have all the answers, but like, you know, they can help you get there or at least work through things that are super confusing. But I love therapy. I went to therapy before um, I started the whole trip and then definitely afterwards because, I mean, they were, yeah, they were actions and behaviors that I was not proud of. And I wanted to understand, you know, why, why it happened and how I could prevent it from happening in the future. Um, but, yeah, I, I love therapy. I think everybody should go to therapy.
1: Yeah, I think the other important thing about therapy that people seem to um, not realize or maybe forget about it is, you know, you can talk to your friends and family about things. You may have a close buddy of yours or even a, a female friend of yours that you can up to open up to about. The problem is because they are close to you, it's hard for them to be objective it just is and a a therapist is coming at you and giving you advice from a completely uh, objective you know point a point of view to where they have they're not invested in you other than they're, you're their client but they'll tell you where and why you fucked up and and all these things that sometimes friends just don't want to say that to you because they're your friend and then you might think oh wow, man they're You know, friends are going to sugarcoat things for you, basically. You know, they're just not. And look, if you have a friend out there that does call you on your shit, that's that's a great friend. But um, a therapist is going to look at it objectively, no matter what, because they are not your friend. They're there to help and they don't know you other than what you've told them. So that's the other thing that I think people forget about. It is like, yeah, you can go to your friends and talk to your friends and family about things all you want. But for the most part, I'm not saying everybody. But for the most part, your friends and family are going to tell you what you want to hear. And that's not necessarily going to help you improve. And a therapist is going to tell you something sometimes that maybe you don't want to hear.
0: Exactly, man. I mean, it's they, a therapist has no stake in your life. Yeah. Like, they, they don't know you aside from whatever you have told them, you know, your basic information. And most people, like, in life don't would rather not be direct. And, you know, that's more likely to happen, especially between close relationships like your friends, your family. Like people want you to be happy. They don't want you to suffer. And sometimes acknowledging the hard truth can be taken as a part of that suffering. And so they don't want you to deal with it. But the the matter of the fact is, is that we need to go through that suffering and that truth, regardless of how hard it is or how painful it is because confronting that is what's going to lead us to growth honest growth and you know your family and loved ones are there to be family and loved ones but it's important to have somebody you know a professional it's like going to the doctor i mean like if if you are having stomach aches you're not going to tell your brother hey dude uh my stomach hurts you know like give me some medicine right or what should i do It's if you're having something that's like, you know, you don't understand as much like, yeah, you can talk about it with them, but it's always best just just to go to the professional to get their take on it.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, much respect to you for talking about it, going to it and using it to, you know, to just better yourself because you could have easily just been like, eh, whatever, I screwed up. I'm just going to go live my life and maybe try not to make that again but if you if you get to the core of maybe why you did it it's it's easier to avoid doing it again as opposed to if you just didn't have anything Exactly
0: man and it's like having you know these are like traumatic experiences and you can't just go through a traumatic experience and not learn something from it you know like it's, it's comfortable to go through it and not acknowledge it and not deal with it but you know i think when you get an opportunity like that to <laughs> confront maybe an uglier side of yourself. It's, it feels like a no brainer to just like go in all in and, and figure it out and, and try to understand it and, and be better from it.
1: One question to end this thing. And it's just, it's a really silly question, but I thought of it when I was just kind of going over things and watching the show. Um, and, and you obviously knew her for three years and obviously I, I believe Jillian does some sort of modeling, right? She's a model in something?
0: Yeah, basically. Yeah.
1: Okay, so she models. I'm just curious, what percentage of the time does Jillian go with the curly hair versus the straight hair?
0: Oh, she is curly hair, I want to say like 98% of the time.
1: Okay, because she had one bonfire um. where she went straight hair. And because, you know, her pictures for the, the pre show pictures, when we were first introduced to who the couples were this year, it was curly hair. It was pretty much curly hair. But then she went to it on one of the. Bonfires. I was like, "Wow, that's a great look for her as well." I mean, I, I think I mean she's a striking woman. I think and nobody can deny that. So it's, I was just curious because when I saw her at one, I was like, "I wonder how much. I wonder how often she goes straight and um, <laughs> and she doesn't." And like you said, I guess it's not very often. Ninety eight percent of the time, yeah, she's going I mean, curly hair. Yeah, yeah. She.
0: I mean, she's done it every once in a while, um, but it's a lot of work.
1: Yeah, like, that, that, that's know, why I assumed. Curly it. Hair. Okay,
0: and her curls are also just gorgeous. I mean, like she loves she loves her curly hair. Um, yeah. So it's a look she she goes with usually. Yeah, but you're right. She's a beautiful, beautiful woman, and she can pull off anything.
1: Yeah, she could uh, easily pull it because when I saw the straight, I was like, wow, she looks just as good with straight hair. as She does <laughs> uh, with curly hair. But um, yeah, I mean, like I said, this was a it, it was an interesting season. And just out of curiosity, are you? I know you said right away after you got back from filming, not a lot of interaction with anyone having to do with the show. Cause you had to work on yourself. We're, we're nine months removed now from you going out there last September or eight months or whatever. Um, are, is there any more talk with the guys? Do you, do you speak with them on a, on a more frequent basis now or no?
0: Yeah. I mean, I've, I've started reaching out to everybody and we'll, we'll check in. Um, we'll check in sometimes. We don't talk as much just because you know, everyone's busy with their lives, but, um, yeah, now that time has passed, uh it's a it's a lot easier for me to, you know, have conversations with them. You know, I talk to Marissa every once in a while. Um, I reach out to some of the singles. Um yeah, things things it every everyone's on good friendly terms. Um just that, you know, people get busy and so mm. we don't always talk to each other all the time.
1: And where are you still in Florida?
0: I am in LA.
1: Oh, so you're in LA now? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, Have you seen anybody um, Not dating wise But have you seen anybody anybody From the show Do you hang out with Anybody at all or no
0: Um, I have not seen anybody Um, I I was in Indiana For a few months And then I was traveling For work for a few months And then I just got to LA Like last weekend On Friday Gotcha So I have not seen anybody It's been mainly just me And close family and friends
1: so since the reunion in February, you haven't seen anybody from the cast for the most part.
0: Yeah, no, I have not.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, like I was, I I it interesting season. Uh, we're happy for Luke and Iris. They seem to be going well. I, I'm, I think I'm still, I, I mean, I asked Tommy, I asked Jillian, I asked Mark, still a little bit confused on where Ash's thoughts about Luke came from. I don't know if we have an answer to that where, that came out at the reunion. It was like, whoa! <laughs> I didn't realize she hated him so much. I can't remember if she called him a dick or an asshole. She called Taylor a dick and and Luke an asshole or vice versa. But it was just like, whoa! Where is this I think coming maybe from? Maybe she
0: called them both. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I, I wish I could give you an answer there, but I'm also, I was also at a loss for words there. I was like, okay, well, these are feelings. Yeah. These are
1: feelings. We had no idea. We had no. like I, I'm trying to think back like during the season, obviously. She never saw Luke at any point during the season. She never hung out with him, never spoke to him. Yeah. So any any of her opinions formed about Luke was either through, A, what Iris told her, or, B, anything she saw in one of the clips that Iris saw. And I don't think Luke, <laughs> ever, Luke ever had uh, a bad clip. I mean, he seemed to, I would say maybe 40 to 50% of the way through the process we knew where his storyline was going he was going to propose or he was going to leave with Iris and he was never even interested in any of the single women it was just pretty clear so i don't know where she got this from who knows i mean maybe we'll get an answer to it one day
0: yeah, he he was pretty adamant on sticking with Iris like the entire the entire way yeah um you know from start to finish
1: and that's a it's a pretty he- uh, it's a pretty heavy accusation to throw out there that well, I think you cheated on her and she just doesn't know about it yet. It's just like, okay, are you just saying that based off a of vibe or do you have some sort of receipts and you know it happened? Because if you don't have receipts on something like that, that's a shitty thing to throw out there that, hey, Iris, he's cheating on you, you just don't know about it. Like, huh?
0: Yeah. That, <laughs> I mean, I also wonder maybe it's just like it, it was an emotional time, so it's like things are coming out, people are saying things. But, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if there would be receipts for that kind of thing because, I mean, he was – he was a pretty stand up guy. You know, we all we all have our, our things, but Luke is a pretty cool dude. I, I think he genuinely loves Iris.
1: Yeah, and you know, and good yeah. luck to them. And um, you know, Edgar, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I really wanted to get your side on everything. Um I, I appreciate your openness and um again, good luck with everything in the future. Um I appreciate the uh the openness also about, you know, being in therapy and enjoying therapy and saying it should be for everybody and, and don't be ashamed if there there is a stigma attached to it and you just got to get, we got to get rid of that stigma because there's nothing wrong with it at all uh, to talk to somebody who has an objective, objective opinion about it.
0: Yeah, man. And I, I thank you dude for having me, you know, I think it's awesome what you do getting a little more, you know, perspective on what's going on with all of us, especially because, you know, what you see on the show is a show and it's produced and it's edited and there's so much more that happens beyond the camera. And yeah, I mean, it's, we definitely need to get rid of that stigma because it's, it's just the only thing it's going to give you is a healthier mentality for the most part, you know?
1: Yeah. And I, and again, I want to, I also want to thank you for not using any sort of editing as um an excuse for anything. You've owned up to everything that you did on the show You've admitted mistakes versus, well, you know, the editing plays tricks. Like, look, we we get it now. Reality TV has been around 20 years now. We know that there's way more footage that is not shown than is shown because shows only have, you know, an hour or two a week to show 40 minutes, you, know, you know, 40 minutes or 80 minutes of footage per week versus the hours and hours that they have. So, uh, and yes, we do know that reality TV can get crafty with editing and make things look that maybe they're not as appear. but like you said, you didn't, you didn't hide behind your edit. You didn't say like, Oh, well you didn't see this. And I was never, this. you've owned everything you did. And I appreciate that. And, um, like I said, good luck with everything going forward. And uh, obviously, uh, we'll, let's, uh, let's definitely stay in touch. Definitely.
0: Yeah. I, I appreciate that, man. Yeah. You know, it's, it, you know, the show, show is a show it's edited, but at the end of the day, You know, I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes. And the only thing I try is to own up to those mistakes and learn from them and be a better person every day. Um, But I appreciate you so much for having me on here, man, and being able to have this conversation. It's been such a pleasure. Um, Yeah, thank you.
1: You got it, Edgar. Thanks a lot, man, and good luck in the future.
0: Thanks, man. Take it easy.
1: All right, you too. Thank you so much to Edgar for coming on and and talking about that. Really good guy. I mean, you could just – Like I said, he was one of the more introspective people on the show and I, you could tell that he was well liked by everybody and even though yes, he did have sex on the show when he shouldn't have or when, you know, pretty much broke a a rule that he had made with Jillian. um, I respect the fact that he owned it and even though they've broken up post show that he doesn't talk bad about her, she doesn't talk bad about him. And they just realized, Hey, we're better off as friends. I mean, that's really cool. And like I said, it's, I think it's really cool that on an episode where we are sponsored by better help, where you, it's better. dot com slash reality, Steve, um, that you, that therapy, whether it's in person, online, zoom, whatever the case may be, therapy is a good thing. And there's a stigma attached to it that probably needs to go away. And, um, You know, I'll say it again. Our listeners get 10% off in their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Reality Steve. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Reality Steve. Thanks again, like I said, to Edgar for coming on. Uh, I really appreciate that. I really appreciate you all listening. Please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. And we're going to be back next week with yet another podcast. We are approaching 300. Whoa. 300 podcasts never thought that in a million years anyway thank you all for listening for Edgar De Santiago, I am reality Steve thank you so much for tuning in and we will talk to you next week see ya